You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. It's called Pirate Radio. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, right? Even shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. We tell ourselves we are the walking dead. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns are for jerks. (laughs) I will end you. It's called Pirate Radio. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to GGR Pirate Radio. My name is Mike Lunsford, and alongside of me... I've got not just one co-host. Oh no, that wouldn't be enough. Not for a relaunch of quite possibly the greatest geek video game movie TV show sports amalgamation podcast and website that you've possibly never heard of. We can't just bring it back with just one co-host. No, we got to bring back two because if sequels from the 90s taught me anything, you got to have more people when you do more movies. So I've got alongside of me uh, my co-host and partner in crime in creating GGR, and that is Mr. Steve Monick. Pirate Radio, it's so bad. (laughs) I've also got our other cohort in uh, this crime against audio uh, listening. Uh, Her name is Jay Dilla. Hello. Jay Dilla is our newest GGR member, Um, so we we definitely want to give her the official, like, audio welcome here so welcome from both me and from steve jess so welcome to the team thanks and like you've kind of always been a member anyways just because you've always supported this the dumb stuff that i do so i I appreciate that but like now it's like official because you got like your own podcast and everything on on the network yeah Uh, yeah you do um in fact (laughs) In fact, it's funny, too, because we're like almost duplicating what we talked about this morning because uh, we did a podcast just in case you couldn't be on this one with me and Steve uh, where we talked about video games. Um, but we, maybe we'll do that one, too. Maybe we'll do three podcasts. Who knows? I'll do one with just Steve. Like, <laughs> who the hell knows? The practice cast and then the podcast and then the postcast. I like this. <laughs> and they all have – I like this. They all have names, too. Good job, Steve. See? This is why the team works together. Um, for those of you who have been along in this audio adventure with us since the beginning, uh, let me thank you for for following us because we've had a couple of different uh, places that we've called home. Uh, but we're right now we're with Rock Deep Rogue Radio. Um, they're our partner in hosting this for now. Most likely, uh, and Steve and, and Jess and I will, will confer on this later, but most likely we've talked about this. GGR is going to be coming back and not just is it it's not just going to like show up randomly one day it's going to be in the same spot that it was before we're going to get the same website back we're going to bring back all sorts of cool stuff we're going to make the internet great again apparently because that's a thing now that you have to do <laughs> so we got to make stuff great again we're going to make the internet great again by bringing GGR back um why are we here this evening well that's a wonderful question uh unnamed audience member we are here to talk about video games because it's something, it's one of the like the linchpins of GGR. It's one of the things that we've talked about in, God, in so many different facets. We talked, we've done articles about it. We've done podcasts about it. 
But the one thing we never did was we never really talked about like our absolute favorites of all time. And um, I'm going to pass the mic to Steve because I have talked a lot already and it's only been like three minutes into this show. Um, I want to pass it over to Steve because um, really the tie in here is Steve just wrote an article uh, for our, nostal- our Nostalgia November stuff that we did on um, Rock Deep Rogue Radio, which you can check out. It's rockdeeprogradio.com. Uh, if you click on the blog spot, you'll see right there, um, right there it says GGR Pop Culture Blog, and you'll see Steve's article, which was about his favorite uh, original Nintendo games uh, from Nostalgia November. So Steve, go ahead and take the mic and tell, us what, tell the folks what we're going to be talking about today. Get the power, Nintendo power. I'm just going to speak in old 90s Nintendo accessory and product slogans from commercials, if that's cool <laughs> with you guys. I already had the Power Glove, and now Nintendo Power Magazine. Um, no, what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about our favorite video games, like Mike said. That article I wrote was specific to the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the American version of the Famicom. But we're going to talk about a bunch of different systems. We're going to talk about our favorite like the the pinnacle the ultimate game for us from that system and like obviously those are games that still hold up and you can play now and then what we remember from playing it back in the day um but i think we're gonna go through a whole slew and a whole cavalcade of them uh from you know handhelds to consoles to whatever really i mean there's no wrong answers here um except for adventures of link if you say that's your favorite nes game i think we're done like yeah, we're just not yeah, friends it, anymore. <laughs> yeah, it will be a sh- it will be a short tenure because that's actually Jay Dilla's favorite game. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're, um, you're, <laughs> it's over, Jess. I warned you. I warned the you that it wasn't going to last. Are on <laughs> their way. You're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're going to start with the NES then, Steve. I don't see why not. Um, Jay Dilla, were you alive when the NES was a thing, or is it just for us old men? I I did play the NES. Yes. Okay. Very good. Do you have a particular favorite game from that console? Um Super Mario 2. 2. Yep. It's 2. See the tradi- the traditional wis- the traditional wisdom's 3. Why do you like 2? Because I feel like it was it it still is such a completely different style of Mario. Like, when uh, Paper Mario came out, it kind of reminded me of it, but it was just... I love Paper Mario. Yeah, but it was just, like, an entire... It seemed less like a platform game to me and more like a puzzle game. And I don't know, I just liked it. I liked the way that it was designed. I liked the gameplay. I liked how different it was. However... That entire game is a dream, so I'm not sure it technically counts. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it's if I remembered correctly, and I just I just Wikipedia it too because I wasn't 100 percent sure. Um, was that like Super Mario 2 was a was based on another game, which was uh, uh, Yume Kojo um, Doki Doki Panic. Apparently, is what it's called. Did you- um, that's not the part you googled. You knew that from memory, though, correct? That was yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, obviously, you're yeah. looking up the year. No. I got you. Okay. <laughs> no, actually, I just knew it was based on some other game. And like, I guess what it was, and I'm reading it over, is uh, I, the Famicom developed it to be a tie-in with Fuji Television's Media Technology Expo called Yumi Kojo, 
uh, which is it means dream factory. Well, we so, all knew like, that. you didn't have to explain that, Mike. <laughs> We're uh, everyone in America is course. very familiar with uh, Dream Masters or whatever the word you just said it was before. Because <laughs> as, as, as Jess and I were talking about earlier, uh, there's a I can't even I, can we say that word? That's the wait thing. a minute. Is that, is wait that a really, minute. Is that why it ends with Mario and it's all a dream? Possibly. I mean, that would make sense, though, wouldn't it? I don't know enough about this Japanese expo from the 90s. Well, and, that's, and that's what we were saying, too, is there's a word that defines um, white people who want to be Japanese. And I don't know if it's an offensive term. Is it offensive, Jess? Poser? Okay. No, it's not. Uh, no, no. no the, ter- the term is weebs um, because it stands for weeaboo, which it, it literally is like somebody who's so fascinated with Japanese culture and video games and anime and sushi and everything that they learn Japanese. They, they basically wish they were Japanese. So like... Weebs are offensive in themselves, so like I'm gonna call them weebs. Fair enough. Yeah, I know. And like I we had in high school, you could take you had to take a language, and you could take French, Spanish, Latin, or German or Japanese, and there was like eight kids that took Japanese. So I Japanese. know exactly who you're talking about because those are the kids who took Japanese in high school. Let me just throw in real quickly. Okay, so. The- when I, when I was in when I was in the military, like you take this test called the ASVAB. It's the, um, or I'm sorry, the D-Lab. It's the Defense Language Aptitude Battery, right? It, it basically tells you whether or not you're any good at learning languages. And they rank all the languages that you can learn how to speak on their difficulty. And Japanese is the hardest, like the most difficult language to learn. So like, it, it's not like Spanish or French or like any of the other romance languages that are somewhat based on English, it's an entirely different language structure. And like, there's a whole, like that's a, that's a whole level of commitment that like, I don't think a lot of people really understand. Um, but like, that's, it's just absolutely nuts. Um, in general. Um, anyway, back to weeps. Like, yeah. Back to weeps. Um, we, we do, what we're going to do is we got a little tease here because, uh, Jay Dilla, um, it has her own show. It's called Epop, right? And Epop is going to be on, um, GGR Pirate Radio as well on the GGR network. Um, she's actually going to be jumping off right now. Uh, she is going to be interviewing uh, the guy's name is Herbert, right, Jay? Yeah. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about what this is, so they'll everybody will be like, "Holy crap! I got to listen to this episode because it's going to be bananas." Um, we're talking about everything VR and AR, which is virtual reality and augmented reality. Okay. And what the future looks like that in not just gaming but in like daily life and our thoughts about that that is i'm so excited about this like i wish i could be i'm here. so excited yeah so definitely good luck jess break a leg <laughs> thank you job interviewing herbert tell him we said hi uh but have fun with your interview ask him if he okay, likes to be called bye herbie bye. okay i will <laughs> <laughs> only only refer to him as herbie like just <laughs> Even if he's like, I really don't like that name. You're like, okay, so Herbie, let's talk about. If he VR. says he doesn't like oh it, call him. Call, start calling him Love Bug. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably best me and Mike aren't involved with this. <laughs> yeah, she's the professional one. All right, Jess, have a good night. Have a good interview. All right, bye. So Finally, yeah, like it's just the two. I mean. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what we'll what we'll do here is we'll do this as two episodes because she does have an entire episode that the two of us recorded earlier um just in case this happened and, and what we predicted to happen is exactly what happened so um 
but yeah, Super Mario Brothers 2, that is like, that is kind of a, you don't see too many people call that their favorite Mario game. Yeah. Like at all. But it's pretty, I could, it's pretty ballsy to just be like, laying it down like Mario 2, not even like trying to defend it or like sugarcoat it up front. Hey, what's your favorite game? Mario 2. Come at me. Yeah. I will say this though, like of all of the Mario games, cause I like, I mean, everybody likes the first Mario. Um, and I think if I'm, if you're going to ask me which one was my favorite of those ones on the Nintendo, I'm going to say three, but like two was definitely, it stood out because no other game in that Mario series that they had on the original Nintendo had the ability to give you four different characters to play from with each one giving their own powers. Like, that was pretty cool. And, like, the fact that the princess could basically, like, glide was was pretty awesome. And, like, yeah. And it, it was just, it was a really, really fun game. The way I kind of look at it is, like, you know how there's some, like, movies or um, especially, like, music albums. Like, there's the ones where the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, hell yeah. Like, Master Puppets by Metallica. It just hits you. That's Mario 3. Yeah. Mario 2 yeah. is one of those ones where it gets better on multiple views or listens and like you just kind of as you the first time you're like this i'm not i'm not i'm not 100 sure on this one and then as you play it more and more you're like all right i can kind of see what they were doing with this one it's different now you know yeah. i kind of appreciate what it ha- what it is for for how it's different and and what it has to offer yeah. well also too like as you can hear in the background we got the music for the game playing right now like the, the music is so catchy and so upbeat and happy like it, it's you kind of can't not like this game it, it's I, I think it's just like that whole because it was so different like that's what threw everybody off they were just like wow this is really different like it was it it wasn't it was mario but it wasn't mario because it was different than the first one but like that's kind of what they did with nintendo because you mentioned it before too um you mentioned uh uh, the link game the second uh zelda game like that's a total piece of crap but like nintendo tended to do that too with their franchises they weren't they were not afraid to take some risky moves and, and try some different stuff no not at all um, and I mean, even, even three, it's not like it's a one-to-one parallel with one. I mean, it definitely did yeah. some new and different things. I mean, just the fact that the Tanuki suit even exists is kind of a risk. Oh you my know? God. I love, I love that suit so much. That was like my favorite <laughs> one. And just because like, it's so absurd. You're like this weird raccoon looking thing. And then you're like, Hey, I'm a raccoon. Can I fly? Yeah, I can fly. Just like when you got the other tail, but you know what else I can do? Turn into a statue. I was always partial to the hammer brother suit. And then this summer I was playing with my brother and I decided to try and beat the entire game in the frog suit. Like not just the swimming levels, but all of them. And Eventually, I think it's like World 7 or something, the airship, there's a jump you just can't make because you can't get a running start with the frog suit. You can jump really far, yeah. but you can't get the full running, the, and it, it's a it's a dead end there. Kind of like the people that try and beat the original Legend of Zelda without getting the sword. Oh, yeah. Whoa, weird. Like, you can get to Ganon, but you need the sword to, find, like, to kill him. And so you can't technically beat the game without getting getting a sword but yeah that's why would you want to do that like dude people always look for new challenges like weirdos that try and beat super mario 3 wearing the frog suit the whole time yeah yeah like you like i just (laughs) i don't understand why some people do that like they they purposely i mean i understand the challenge behind it it's just like it just reminds me of that scene in the princess bride when um Inigo Montoya is talking to Vizzini and he's like, I'm going to fight him with my left hand. And he's like, 
really? He's like, well, I won't feel right if I, if I fight him with my right hand, it'll be too easy. And he's like, all right, do what you must. <laughs> like, it's like that, like the purposely challenging yourself um, when it comes to games. Um, so let's keep moving forward, Steve. What is, what is your Nintendo go-to? What is your NES number one seed? So and what I wrote in the article, I did. it was my top five NES games. And it, since it was Nostalgia yeah. November, that article is kind of one of my top five like favorite nostalgia games. But the number yeah. one there was the original Legend of Zelda. And that still holds up for the okay. best game. I mean, I whipped that thing out and, and play it all the time. I mean, that's one of those ones where, you know, anytime you, you play it, you just you immediately go yeah. back to when you were playing it the first time. It really holds up. Some of the other ones like that you played as a kid, that you rented from Blockbuster or borrowed from a friend or something like that, it just yeah doesn't. It's just not as good. Um, yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. what game sucks, Mike? Tech Mobile. Who wants to play that? That game's terrible. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> uh, that would be me. Because that was by far my favorite Nintendo game of all time. And I'll give you, I'll, I'll tell you one reason why. Um, his name is Bo Jackson. Um, that, that wasn't even my team of choice. The Raiders were not my team of choice uh, in that particular game. I played as Washington. Or I played as San Francisco. Or I played as Chicago. Or I played as the Rams. Or the, not the Rams. I'm sorry, as the Raiders. Or I played as any of these other teams because it was fun to play as these other teams and see the differences. Like, um, but nobody plays as Minnesota or Cleveland because those teams suck. <laughs> um, but like, it, it was it was just a fun game. The music, the whole experience of the of the entire game was just fun. Like, I don't know what it is about that game that was so much fun. But well, like, I think it's just what you just said. Like the the teams were a little yeah. bit different. And like, yeah, technically, like if you if you get the newest Madden. Like, all the individual players yeah. are specific, and they all have their own skill set, like, their numbers for their different areas and insane amount of metrics and whatnot. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. When you're playing Tecmo Bowl, picking a different team is almost like picking a different X-Men. Like, it almost like they had their own unique abilities, exactly. and, like, you played better with some of them. Like, technically, you can play Madden right now with just about any team, and it's all kind of the same. You can just you just have different uniforms yeah. to put on them. Playing Tecmo Bowl, yeah. every team was different. Yeah, yeah, and it's like as we talked about Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson was just just a wrecking ball with legs. Like the, you couldn't tackle him. He would he would throw people off of him. Um, he was fast. Like he was just he was just unstoppable. But then, like on the defensive side, if you played a Chicago, you had Mike Singletary, who was just. You know, if you were going to have the Raiders versus the the Bears, it would be the immovable force versus the unstoppable object, or whatever that correlation is that people use in wrestling all the time, um, like WWE wrestling, not like real Greco-Roman wrestling. But like, are you implying they're not was the same? Fast. No, they're not the same because one's real and one's not. Um, because weird, weird story. A friend of mine texted me yesterday, and she was like, "I saw this posting on Glassdoor, and immediately thought of you." The WWE is hiring writers right now, and like I kind of want to, I want to apply just to see, just to see if maybe you know your boy Mike could be a writer for the WWE. <laughs> There's nothing in this world that I want more than that. Oh God, it would be. Oh, you know what? Now I think I have to do it. I, I kind of think it, it's a necessity. I mean, and you would see it. You, I guarantee you, you would see it as soon as you saw me 
Like the first time you were like, well, I hear Mike's a writer in the WWE and then something would happen. And you're like, yeah, that's Lunsford. <laughs> yep, yep. John Cena just called somebody a juice bag. Yeah, that's totally Lunsford. Oh my God. Yeah. I'd actually watch that then. I never really watched it. I never got into wrestling, never cared. But if you were writing for it, man, oh, look out. <laughs> I'm trying, you know, the funny thing about NES for me is like, I don't remember a lot of the games that I really liked because I, for the NES, the NES was very like casual for me. It wasn't like I didn't really get into gaming as much as I did until I got my next system, which I was in fourth or fifth grade, I believe, when I got um, it was like Christmas and I got the uh, the Sega Genesis, and that's when I really got into gaming. And the NES was just like it was fun, you know. Again, I loved Tech Mobile because I was a little kid and I loved football. Um, I played Mario. Mario was okay. Duck Hunt was fun. Um, there were a lot of good ones. I mean, the NES was kind of my thing. I mean, there were a lot of good Capcom games, like all the Mega Man games, DuckTales, yeah. uh, the Chip and Dale games were good. Um, like Capcom had a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, they, they definitely did. Um, oh, the Teenage Mutant like, Ninja Turtles? Oh, dude, screw that game. Okay, <laughs> because that... that that stupid level the underwater level where you have to defuse the bombs right oh see so you're and talking like, about turtles one i like that might be a difference i mean you and i aren't that different in age but that might be where yeah, just years. enough difference because when i said turtles i assumed everyone in the world knew i was talking about turtles 2 the port of the arcade game oh well yeah because that game's amazing like i just instantly like, assumed yeah. that but like yeah turtles one's terrible let me let me let me take you back, Steve. Let me take you back to the late '80s, early '90s, okay? Because um, you are you're four years younger than me, is that right? I think so. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So here's the difference between your age and my age. Because when I was a kid and we saw the turtles come to existence from the comic books onto the cartoon screen and then onto your Nintendo Entertainment System, we were so jacked up about this game, about the possibility of playing as Ninja Turtles, that we didn't care. We were just like, let's play this game. And you play the first couple of levels, and they're hard, but they're fun. Like, And then you get to this one level, and it is so insanely difficult that like there are so many Nintendo controllers. If you can find them, because, by the way, Nintendo controllers are practically indestructible. Um, they're like the black box on an a, uh, a airline flight. Um, there are so many controllers for the original Nintendo that have like like smashed corners or like chunks of them missing from when you whipped them into the uh, the fireplace in your uh, living room because you were so frustrated that you couldn't beat this stupid level. Like that that level single handedly ruined that game for just about everybody until the Game Genie came out, and then you could find a way to skip that level. So yeah, I think we have to have special mention for the Game Genie. I remember renting the Game Genie itself from blockbuster and finally beating a bunch of games that yeah. we had that we couldn't couldn't tackle yeah that thing was a masterpiece yeah, i remember that's how I, that's how i beat um super mario 3 um was the first time was with with the game genie there were a couple other games too there was this one game called captain skyhawk which was like a space flight thing it was it was stupid it really wasn't even that good of a game <laughs> but i just remember i beat that game with that too because i couldn't beat it otherwise um, there was a really interesting Batman game that they did for NES as well that I remember I didn't like as a kid because it wasn't like the movie. Because as a kid, that 89 Burton Batman was like my first introduction into Batman. So like I'm playing this game and it's nothing like the movie and I'm kind of mad. I'm like, this I don't know any of these characters. 
But then like I went back and I was, I want to say it was like maybe like 11 or 12 or 13. Um, and I still had my NES and I like dusted it off and I played this Batman game. But I had been reading the Batman comics and like Fireflies in there. And I was like, oh snap, what's he doing in here? I forgot that he was here. And like there's all these other villains. And it's a surprisingly good Batman game for 8-bit now, is this Nintendo the one stuff. that's was, just called Batman where he has, like, the gun on his arm, like the wrist yes. gun, or is it Return of the Joker? No, it's it's just Batman. Because I played Return of the Joker. Yeah, it was, it was... Yeah, they put it out in 89 uh, in conjunction with the Burton Batman movie because just like everything else, um, that summer, everything was branded Batman. Like, your burgers at McDonald's, your your sodas, there were condoms, <laughs> there, were, there were, like... It, you know, if you were taking heart medication for angina, like it was stuff like that. Holy contraception, Batman. <laughs> exactly. Oh, quick joke real quick. Um, my my father-in-law has been having some some health issues and she and he called yesterday. You'll, you'll find the story. That's, that's not you'll, funny. You'll find, this, you'll find this story funny though. Um, he called my wife uh, to ask uh, to read some of the side effects of this medicine that he was taking, right? And she starts reading it and she's like, oh, it does this and it does this. And it's like, if you're a patient with angina, and my father-in-law goes, Angina, I ain't got one of those. That's a lady's front. And I just, I was dying laughing. Like, I was, like, rolling on the floor laughing. Like, he gave you Angina just talking about it. <laughs> um, because it's it's such a little kid joke. Like, it's, it's well, because it was funny, too, because when we, when Sandy was retelling the story to my stepdaughter, Chelsea, Jax, who's nine, heard this, and he was just like, <laughs> Angina. Like, <laughs> it's funny that the 70 plus year old man has the same sense of humor as the eight year old boy. Like, <laughs> and I hope it never changes. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I wanted to tie in real quick here too. Cause you mentioned that Mario three was, or uh, Mario three was a good one. Uh, Legend of Zelda was a big one for you for Nintendo as well. I never actually played other than like a little bit here and there. I never owned the game for Nintendo. However, I absolutely positively love Link to the Past for Super Nintendo. It is, oh, it is yeah. easily top five, one of my favorite video games of all time. And that's weird because most people had to have played the original kind of to appreciate the sequel. But like, dude, that game is so friggin' good. Like it right now, if I had a Super Nintendo, that's the first game I would put. Well, I take that back. If I got one of those new Super Nintendo things that they have where they got the games like all built in, built into it. The classic or whatever. Yeah, I would play that new Star Fox game that never came out. I would play that first, and then I would play Link to the Past. But that's because, huh. yeah, like, I don't know. Did you hear about that at all? Like, there's... No, I didn't. So, okay, so the deal with the new system is there was, at one point, they were supposed to do a sequel to Star Fox on the Super Nintendo. And they ended up... I remember, there was an issue of, um, there was an issue of a Nintendo Power magazine back in the day, back in the 90s. And it was uh, advertising Star Fox yeah. 2. What ended up happening was um, the 64 came out. And instead of releasing that game a few months before the 64 came out, they were like, eh, let's just go right to the 64. And didn't really, they just scrapped it completely. And I mean, Star, Star Fox 64 is pretty banging too. Uh, oh, I love that yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like you missed out on it. I mean, you did miss out on something, but it's not like you really like lost anything because of it but um yeah i mean we'll, we'll seamlessly transition into the the super nintendo because i this is kind of an interesting story um from you because you never actually owned a super nintendo you guys did a really weird jump you went right from nes to 64 correct and i've since gone back and played a ton of the classics and the stuff from the snes the only game i yeah. played 
that like if we're counting like at the time i had the pc yeah. version of mega man x one oh yeah like the original okay. mega man x and so i played through that yeah. like as a kid but yeah. it wasn't until college that i went back and played through a ton of the classics like i like the castlevania um what was it castlevania 4 that was on there the all three oh, of the mega man x's secret of mana uh star fox like you said um super mario world that kind of stuff dude i had forgotten about castlevania thank you for reminding me that the the castlevania on super nintendo is awesome those games are hard as shit yeah yeah the, they they definitely are um like i, I have beaten a lot of video games from nes on the way up and ninja gaiden like that trilogy and the castlevania games are some of the ones that just have always befuddled me yeah um the other one too that i noticed was um that i I absolutely loved but was also a frustratingly hard game on super nintendo was uh the super star wars game oh yeah like so Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, they did the entire trilogy on Super Nintendo. But like the Star Wars game in particular was much, much, much less forgiving than the other ones. Particularly when you're inside the Jawa Sandcrawler. Like it was, I just remember losing at that level like 95 times and just being so mad. Was and finally one, getting past it. Was that the one at the end you fought like some kind of like sand monster that they just invented for the game? Was it that level? It's like a weird lava monster inside Jawa. It it like sucked you in or whatever? Or or is that the level before? Uh, It doesn't matter. Yeah, there's a level before where you fight the Sarlacc monster, even though you don't see the Sarlacc monster until Return of the Jedi. But like, yeah, like there's like this weird lava monster inside of the Jawa Sandcrawler. And you're like, this doesn't even make sense. But you have to make this like really strange jump, like right at the end. And you always hit the lava that like you always fall into the lava. And it was just, oh God, it made me so mad. Um... But yeah, you finally get past it, and then like you get to the part where Luke gets a lightsaber, and that's just awesome. Like it's, it was a lot of fun. And cut Empire Strikes Down, yeah. exactly right. Um, those were like some of my favorites. Legend of Zelda, Star Fox, those are those are favorites as well. When it came to the Super Nintendo, you had reminded me of Castlevania. Those were great. Um, the Donkey Kong the Mega Man games. trilogy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, but the Mega Man games in general. I want to say it was X and X two in general. Like, those two were just, like... Because you started adding features that Mega Man could do, and it wasn't just, like, oh, well, now he has a gun that shoots ice beams, or this one shoots a banana peel. Like, it was... Now he can do a, a jumping dash. So, like, if you fell down a pit, you weren't totally screwed. You could dash into the wall and grab onto the wall and climb your way back up. And, like, that was, like, a game changer. That, like, changed everything. Like, it, you didn't lose as many lives because of that. And I remember driving myself nuts because each one of them had the different like secret um, like bonus upgrade weapons. So like X1 had like the four levels where you could get the upgraded armor. But then in that one, you could do the you could if you killed yourself a bunch of times on the penguin, chill penguin, you could get the Hadouken that was like the insta kill. And then in X2 and 3, I can't remember, like there was like gold armor. Like, like there was all yeah. these secrets and they were like super well hidden and you had to go find them. But you felt like such a, like, like you felt like the king if you actually got them. And then you just go marching into Dr. Wily's or I guess it's Dr. X in the, in the X games. And you're just like, let's do this. Let's dance. Dude. And like, not only that, getting the Giga Crush, where basically like 
as you took damage, you built up this like awesome like nuclear blast that he could do. <laughs> like, yeah, that was that was dope. That was super awesome. <laughs> um, I want to go back for just a second because um, I mentioned we mentioned the Sega that I went from um, from NES to Sega. Um, there were just a couple games there that were worth mentioning. The um, the first one, obviously, being Sonic the Hedgehog, because he's the the franchise of Sega. Like he's their face. Um, that I mean, because you could tell that it was like a direct homage, but also kind of a middle finger to, to Mario as you play it, because he could do things that Mario couldn't do. He was faster than Mario. Like he did all sorts of awesome stuff. They added all these extra bonus levels, and like it was just you could tell that it was a direct like. Oh yeah. Hey, here's oh, our yeah. guy who's better than Mario. I mean, Sega does when Nintendo don't. Yeah, there you go. Thank you for the '90s reference again. Appreciate that. I do. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, um, Sonic the Hedgehog is still a lot of fun because um, we got the we bought one of those retro consoles for Jacks for Christmas, and we've been playing Sonic the Hedgehog, and we both have been having a lot of fun with it. Um, but there was an X Men game that came out for the Sega Genesis that was so friggin' awesome. Like I, I don't even know how to describe to you if you didn't have it. To understand because now you can play like games where the characters actually look like what you see on the comic books no 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 no. it wasn't anything like that they were still like you know little 16-bit sprites but they actually looked like their characters and like gambit was in it and he had his cool powers and wolverine was there and cyclops was there and uh nightcrawler and like you had all of these different characters that were in the game but the gameplay was fun but it was also kind of hard and we've we've talked about this i can't remember where we talked about it and what episode it was but we talked about how at one point when you're in the Mojoverse, you have to reset the computer because you're, you're in Cerebro, right? And Professor X is yelling at you to reset Cerebro. But like, I don't know how to reset Cerebro. And it turns out that you literally just have to hit reset on your Sega Genesis. And there's a 1-900 number on the back of the X-Men con- uh, instruction manual that I was specifically forbade to call um, <laughs> by my mom. But I called anyways because I needed to know the answer to this. And the dude was like, you, you just hit reset on your, on, your, on your system. And I was like, really? That's it? I, I, I wasted, what, $9.99 for this call and possibly a beating from my mother for this? But it was worth it. Damn you, X. Because I, I never got in trouble. So <laughs> never she never found, found out. out. Yeah. Uh, for Sega, that was always one that, like, I played at a friend's house. So there were like a lot of like the classics yeah. that like I'd go over to a friend's house and play. So like my cousins, that's where we played Sonic two. And like oh, I got at you. my buddy's house, I played um, maximum carnage, you know, the Spider-Man venom team. Oh. up. That one's awesome. As far as beat em ups go. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I remember. Oh, that was another one we had for the PC technique clowns. Uh, NBA jam. Literally, you had that on PC. Oh yeah, like literally, John Stockton, the little point guard from the Utah Jazz, yeah. could do a triple backflip from the three-point line and dunk it because he was on fire. Like that's <laughs> the kind of that's how we spent our afternoons as children. The kids these days have nothing. They have nothing compared to this. You got you got your <laughs> virtual reality and augmented reality, Jay Dilla. Well, we had John Stockton yeah. with a basketball that was on fire doing backflips from the three-point line. And jumping <laughs> through the basketball hoop. So you you think you're cool? 90s. I yeah. I I dunked on Shaq with Bill Clinton. I like boom. I, I don't I don't have the words to tell them how much better we had it. <laughs> yeah, NBA Jam was just one of those games. Like it was just it was increasingly fun. But 
more so, like, I don't think it was one of those games that you really could play by yourself. You had to have somebody else to play in that game because it just wasn't as, it, it, first off, it's not challenging against a computer, but like, you, you just, you have to be able to trash talk whoever it is you're playing and you can't really trash talk your television. I mean, you could, but then you just look like a weirdo. Yeah, you're just a lonely soul that way. Um, you, you couldn't be more right. Like, there were so many games that were like that. Um, Mario Kart and Mario Party. Like, oh my god, we were talking about Mario Kart, like when we were talking about the Super Nintendo, and then you know, on up to what are they? I we just played it this Christmas on the Switch, like, they're still making Mario Kart games, but that's one like you don't really want to play by yourself. Yeah, Mario Kart is just not enjoyable unless you're like yelling and screaming at each other and like potentially like ending friendships because of like I, I, I think Mario Kart has ended more friendships than like. I can't believe you cheated on my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> like Mario Kart is just like, it's like the friend ender. Like it, it is. Yeah. But it's so much fun. My God. It's so much fun. All right. So if you want to talk about a friend ender, let's go ahead and jump up to the next genre or the next level. Um, w- Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. There, there is a game yeah. you got to play with your buddies. that will that'll end some friendships. Um, I remember yeah, when that, that came out for the 64 and I'm like, what in the world is this? Yeah. That one, and then also another one that, that falls into that same category, that would also be uh, GoldenEye. Because yeah. you want to talk about ending some friendships, man. Once somebody gets the golden gun, yeah, that's, that's no, no, sir. Yeah, no. if you were odd job with a golden gun, everyone in the room hated you. Yeah, for pretty life. much. Yeah. Yeah. The one that we, that, that was really like my go to with the, uh, with the, um, the 64 was WWE No Mercy. That was like, it was, it was right when the WWE changed over to the WWE from the WWF uh, because the World Wildlife Federation sued them for it. And it was just, it was an immersive wrestling video game. I mean, it had every wrestler you could possibly imagine, even like old ones that you probably should have retired like 20 years ago. Um, but like, more importantly, you could create your own wrestler. And let me tell you how much time <laughs> the boy wasted creating every facet of my character, the color of his boots and what kind of tights he was going to wear. And like, Hey, this is the alternate outfit that he wears when he's not going to be wrestling. Cause he's just wearing jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> and like, here's his entrance music. And here's the hand signals that he makes when he's trying to taunt the crowd. And like you spent so much time on this game on things that were so unimportant, but when you were in the game and you were playing it and you do it and you're just like, Oh, that's so cool. Like it was, it was been three hours doing this just to like, have like a five minute wrestling match. Like it was, it was so unnecessary, but there's just, there's a level of nerddom that comes with, with video games that like, I I can't describe any other way that like only gamers appreciate that level of commitment to making their character exactly right. I guess we were just preparing ourselves for the world of, um, of MMORPGs. I suppose. I mean, I, I was right there with you. Me and my brother would spend like just an inordinate amount of time playing madden and we would not be able to agree we wanted to do a fantasy draft and draft an entire team we couldn't agree on what team and i didn't want to play against the steelers so i moved the steelers to juno alaska and we were the juno alaska vipers and i had to custom make like the stadium and all the uniforms and then we did the fantasy draft and just all of the like drafting process and everything and i swear to god we spent like two weeks before we ever played an actual game in yeah. madden but we had yeah. so much fun doing it like you always wonder why are these stupid like 
custom features and all this stuff. Like, who's doing that now? But then I remember, oh, yeah, I was doing that when I was a kid because I didn't have a job or responsibilities and life was fantastic. Exactly. I spent so much time doing the same thing on Madden myself, just making sure that like your uniform was perfect and the socks matched like the the, the pants and they looked good. Because like if you went into the game and you played and it didn't look right, you're like, well, I'm going to have to fix the whole thing. This I don't want the league to find me for wearing the wrong cleats with this uniform. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it, just so much time like was was wasted on that. But at the same time, too, it just it's. It was so much, and it was there was so much enjoyment out of it too. And like, we got to a point too where we would sim like entire seasons because like we would do these like fantasy drafts and creator teams and all this stuff. But then like, it wasn't about who was the better Madden player. We wanted to see who created the better team. So we would just sim the sim the league for seasons upon seasons upon seasons to see who had created the better team and who had done the better drafting and who had done the better trades and stuff like that. Like it was. It was something that they tried to do with that NFL coach. Remember they played that they created that game? Um, no, I don't. What was that it was for? Like, it, was like, it was like Madden NFL coach. Hang on, let me see if I can find it. It was like NFL coach video game. Let me see if I can find it. I um, do not remember that. Yeah, NFL, yeah, NFL head coach, right? And it's literally what I just described. And they had like two or three years of it. And like you never actually play. All you do is sim it. So, like, they took this nerd thing that me and my buddies would do, and they were like, hey, let's turn it into a game. And then nobody bought it. They were like, well, why do we want to do that when we could just play Madden? Like, it was, it, was, it was so funny. Like, NFL head coach just never sold well. And, like, let me see if I can find it, too. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, reception. The game received positive reviews. You got a 7.2 out of 10 on IGN, uh, praising the NFL film score. Uh, though commenting about the Madden engine being not as pretty as other football games. So like basically they put all of this other, they put all of their uh, effort into making the game have all these extra features. Um, but then the actual gameplay look like crap. So sure. Cause I mean, you're not actually playing, so who cares? Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, the, the one system, so we did the, um, Jay, Jay Dillon and I talked about uh, video games earlier today. You know, the one system that we didn't even mention. And like, I don't know if that's a crime against humanity or not is we didn't even mention the Nintendo GameCube. Oh, wow. Like, at no point did I own this system, nor did I care. Because it just, it seemed, there, maybe it was, like, the way it was shaped and the fact that it had a handle and then it looked like looked like something that belonged in, like, a toddler's room. Like, it just, it never, it never was attractive to me. I was never interested in owning a GameCube. That was one that I bought my freshman year of college, and I played a tremendous amount on my GameCube. But like they were one of the first ones that had like the wireless controllers that were actually like useful, like technically yeah. even like the Atari 2600 had a wireless controller, but you know, who cares? Yeah. Um, but this one, the wave exactly. birds and stuff, and we still use like it was when the Wii came out, I went and bought a GameCube because, you know, game stores were just trying to get rid of their, their overstock. So I got yeah. it for like a song and there was like the Zelda game on there, the Wind Waker. Um, yeah. it was a good game. There was a lot of like downtime. Like it was like watching like one of those long TV shows where you're enjoying what you're seeing. And then there's just a bunch of filler in the middle because you're yeah. sailing this boat from Island to Island. And it's like, okay, can, can we just get to the next place please for crying out loud? Um, I, that was the first, uh, system I ever played through the resident evil games on. Um, oh, cause they re-released them all on like the, the high definition. So they had resident evil, Zero, the original Resident Evil, Resident Evil 2, 
Resident Evil 3 Nemesis and Resident Evil 4. Um, so I've, I had all those and played through all those. And um, I'm trying to think what else was on there. Oh, uh, Jay Dillon mentioned it. Paper Mario. There was the the first yeah. Paper Mario came out for 64, but there was uh, Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Uh, that was a phenomenal game. Um, but the big one that we always played in college was the sequel to Super Smash Brothers, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Um, that was the yeah. one we all just clustered around and played on our GameCube. I mean, constantly, just constantly. I was Mr. Game and Watch, and I would just kick butt with a frying pan full of bacon and this insane <laughs> random hammer. Mr. Game and Watch is great. I did. Um, I did play some games on the uh, the GameCube. Uh, the ones in particular that I remember were all the Mario sports games that were incredibly fun because just in general, I mean, who doesn't like Mario? But then like you had like Mario baseball and you could like do a home run derby and it was just, it was so much fun. Like I just remember enjoying the heck out of that, but also too Mario party was a blast as well. Like that was like the, in my opinion, that was like the, one of the first party games that, that I remember like a bunch of people sitting around and everybody playing and everybody having a good time. Even if you lost, it didn't matter because everyone was just enjoying themselves. And like Nintendo has a way of like making video gaming accessible to everybody. And we saw that later when they came out with the Wii as well. That was really the draw of the Wii is that just everyone wanted to play together. I mean, the whole freaking most popular game on that was the little bowling game that came with it. Yeah. That's because everyone could get together and play a game and, like you said, you didn't really care if you won or lost. I mean, I remember when the first Mario Party for the 64 came out. Um, and I remember just ripping the crap out of the skin on the palm of my hand, spinning the joystick, playing those games. And every single Mario Party since has gotten better and more fun. Um, I, I, yeah, but that falls into that category of like games you have to play with other people. Yeah. I mean, you can play it by yourself against the computer, but it's just not the same. No, it's definitely not the same at all. And um, I mean, I guess in the, I guess Goldeneye kind of fell into that category because I don't I don't think I ever actually played through that game by itself. I only remember playing it with other people and playing the four play co op, or not the co op, the four play verse uh, mode. That was the only thing I ever remember playing in that game. Like I remember playing through the story mode to get better at it you know and then when it would be sleep overnight because it was someone's birthday or whatever and we were all eating pizza and playing Goldeneye you wanted to like look good for your friends so I remember playing through yeah. the story mode for that but yeah that's yeah. that's yeah. kind of what kicked off the whole like yeah we technically will have a story mode but that's not really why we're putting this game out here yeah this is, <laughs> I'm this looking is at you true. Battlefront oh. too. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like that just—that was the only reason they—they—they they, they had to put something together. They're like, "Yeah, let's just do something to make it look like we were meaning to have a story mode," but we don't really care. Nobody cares. They just want to shoot each other as stormtroopers and stuff. So, um, yeah, like the GameCube, I never had. I never had a. I never bought a PlayStation Three. Um, I never had a Dreamcast. Um, that was another one. My buddy in high school, Tom, had a Dreamcast. And I remember we were playing yeah. Resident Evil Code Veronica. It was late at night. I was spending the night at his house. And we were yeah. at one of the cut scenes. And we were like so intense. And, you know, we're in like middle school or whatever. And it was like kind of creepy. And like we had the lights out and everything. 
And then the same second one, the liquors jump through the, like, cause you're like investigating behind this desk. There's this huge window behind you. And then boom, oh, liquor ah, jumps through the window. And at the same time, his mom opened the door like, Hey, you guys going to bed? Oh my God. I almost like peed my pants. Uh, I still have not played that game since that game freaks me out still. And I know if I played it now, it would just look like blocky chalky crap, but that was the only thing I ever played yeah. on dreamcast. Yeah. Um, Ben Shaw, you remember Ben, um, had a, a, a dream. I've heard of him. Yes. And I've, I've heard of this guy. Um, I can't remember what games he had. There were like a bunch of like Japanese import games that he had, but a, a few of my friends had some like sports games and stuff like that. And those were pretty fun. But like supposedly the dreamcast is like this horribly underrated system. And it was like really awesome. And it was ahead of its time. But um, the story behind it is like Sega. There was like two versions of Sega. There was like Sega of America. And then there was like the parent company that owned the whole thing, which is like the Japanese version, like the Japanese parent company, Sega. And what they ended up doing is, is like Japanese Sega owned Sega of America and said like, Hey, listen, um, we're not going to be supporting uh, this whole Dreamcast thing anymore because all of the money is in, um, is in, arcades because in japan it is yeah it's so they stopped supporting the system for that specific yeah exactly it's still a huge thing there um but yeah like that was that was essentially what killed the dreamcast and what killed like the, the sega console because there really isn't a it, it, there isn't a sega console really anymore it's just become like games that they do that's all they do is just design games yeah i mean they just come out they all their stuff is basically for nintendo now right pretty much more or less i mean they do some other stuff too but like it's it's a shame too because the genesis was so much fun and so was the dreamcast and like they that, really that seem makes to be sense a lot too because then basically like at the end of the genesis life that's when they started coming out with all the like like the sega 32x and the sega cd and like all the add-ons and then that whole debacle with the sega saturn yeah it seemed like even before the dreamcast they weren't really like giving too much credence to the home console stuff yeah yeah it's it's i mean i guess they thought they could do it and then nintendo was just like all right well we're gonna step our game up and then sega was like all right we're going home yeah to think that that, like, to think at that point like you're trying to just throw stuff on, like i mean i guess the saturn was supposed to be the the competitor for but like you're trying to compete against the nintendo 64 and the playstation yeah that's, that was the other thing that's too, what you're trotting like, out yeah sony was like the new the new kid on the block like they all of a sudden were just like hey you guys are doing video games too we're gonna come up with our own system and it was it was kind of cool it was like this cd based system and you were just like all right let's see what they got and that's where you got your first resident evil game which like you want to talk about blocky now playing it, it it looks like crap but yeah <laughs> that scared the crap out of me when i was a kid um up and down this hallway like 20 times and then on the 21st yeah. time dogs jump through horrifying yeah hey there's a dead body there oh i already killed it i'm not worried about it wait it came back to life and now it's trying to kill me like yeah it yeah it got scary needless to say um but yeah like there and that was uh crash bandicoot was like their um their mascot like if if sonic was sega and mario was nintendo then crash bandicoot was playstation and that that system i mean like look at it now like playstation 4 is like I think they're kind of the top dog when it comes to the systems. Yeah. I mean, ever since it was, I guess it was PS2 versus Xbox. And then they've kind of paired yeah. off, you know, Xbox 360 and PS3 and then Xbox yeah. one and PS4. Um, yeah. 
and I guess right now it's always it's always seemed kind of the more serious gamers, quote unquote, yeah. went the PS route. I don't know. Yeah. That that's when it started to get past me. Like you said, you never owned a PS3, neither did I. I mean, I had yeah. a 360 and an Xbox. I have an Xbox One, but yeah, those were the the Xbox 360. I bought a red ringed one on eBay for like a song and fixed it. And yeah. then the um the Xbox One I got as a wedding present. So it, you know, I, I would I probably never would have bought one if it wasn't a gift. So I, that's probably, actually now where I'm not. You know, that was my relationship to the 360. Like I had a, an original Xbox, which while we're talking about favorite games, dude, like the original Xbox, first off, I'm not a first person shooter fan at all, but I have to give props to Halo because there's nobody I know on the face of the planet that is, that is our age or younger that has not played uh, Halo at least once, like some version of it, because that was like, there had been first person shooters before that that game changed everything, man. Like, and Jess, when, Jess and I were talking about it too. Like, think about like when YouTube came out, like early 2000s, right? Like there really wasn't like a video gaming culture yet where people were sharing everything and there were no more secrets to video games because there's no secrets to video games anymore because everybody has shared them a million times. Even but, like, the old back ones, then, that's kind of nice yeah. too. Like when we're talking yeah. about these old games like the NES and Super Nintendo going back and being like, I didn't know that was there. That would have exactly. been so helpful. And then, like, you can go back and, yeah, but you're right. It, it, the the yeah. veil has been lifted. And you brought it up and you, you talked about, like, when we were younger and we were in school yeah. and it was this real, like, hush hush secret society of, of yeah. your buddies in the lunchroom passing secrets. Oh, this is where this is the, this is the contra code. Here, I'll write it down for you on this notebook. And this is how you, yeah. this is how you get all the lives so you can actually try and beat it. Um, yeah. now you just click, click, click. Ah, that's how you get all the codes. Oh, I, I, I have it on an emulator and it's modded and someone rebuilt the entire game where now it's Contra, but you're playing as Batman. It's the coolest thing ever. And you can yeah. do anything at any time always. Yeah. It's, it's just not the same, but like, yeah, like to, to my point with that, like Halo, I remember watching YouTube videos that people had made of like, Hey, I'm standing on the warthog, but it's upside down. I'm going to have somebody else flip the warthog over and it's going to launch me 300 feet in the air. Like, it was just like, that was the last time I remember gaming being experimental. Like when people would just go around and just try to find cool stuff that you could do. And that whole like red now, versus blue, like people have made yeah. their entire lives off of like their yeah. whole, their whole income and their career off of it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And like, it's, it's completely changed, but like, to the Xbox credit, um, first off, that that system itself was just that was that was a beast, man. That the whole system itself was like indestructible. Like you could drop it down a flight of stairs and still pick it up and plug it in, dust it off, and play it, and it would be <laughs> fine. Um, you could rip songs off of CDs and listen to your music while you were gaming. Like if you were playing the WWE video game that was on the Xbox, it really was the gameplay wasn't that good, but you could make your own intro music off of songs that you ripped off of CDs. And like, that was pretty cool. You could make your own music to walk out to and like all, all sorts of other cool stuff. But like Ninja Gaiden on Xbox was so friggin' awesome. It's such a great game. It's so hard, but like it's, it's a level of hard. That's not like, it's not like mission impossible on Nintendo hard where it just gets, you get mad and you get frustrated and you're like, this game was designed by the devil himself just to make people <laughs> mad. Like, it's, it's a level of hard where it's like, 
you learn something from it. And I was, I was telling Jess about this too, that like, you'll fight a ninja and the ninja has like dynamite, right? So you'll knock the dynamite back at him with your sword and then it kills the ninja. So the next level of ninja that you play has dynamite, but when you knock it back at him, he knocks it back at you. So the same tricks don't work over and over again. So you literally have to become a better gamer in order to beat the game. And like, it gives you that level of satisfaction when you actually end up beating it. You're just like, I really accomplished something with this game. That was always the tough part with like some of the earlier ones. And obviously it was system limitations. I mean, there's only so much you can do with eight or 16 bits. Um, but sometimes, yeah, it just felt like, well, what if we made this an even longer cliff to jump over? And you're like, well, is that really challenge? You know what I mean? And you look at people doing like speed runs on those games now where they barely have to think about it. Um, but I like that. I like that it's like kind of intuitive and intelligent to, to learn to be better at the game. Yeah, and also too, like one of the games that I, I really enjoyed, and I mean, you'll appreciate this because you're a Star Wars nerd like me, was Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, and especially too because like it came out at a time when the only Star Wars movies that were coming out were the prequels. And I remember it was, it was either, I want to say it was Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones came out and it was like, eh, it was all right. But then I'm playing Knights of the Old Republic and that story like kicked me in the stomach. I was like, my God, Revan is, you're Revan and you're, what? Like, yeah, it, the, the video game story was better than what they were putting out in the movies. And like, I still to this day, um, if, well, we talked about this when we were talking about Baconator Island on that other place that we uh, used to podcast. Um, if I had one video game in one system and I had like just an infinite amount of time, I would play that game because it was an open world RPG and you got to be a Jedi. So like, how can you go wrong? It's a hard combo to beat. It really is. Um, and that one left a real lasting legacy. I mean, there's been a bunch of books, the whole MMORPG that was released for the Old Republic. It had a sequel game um, that brought in Darth Nihilus, which everyone thought Snoke was before he died. Oops, spoilers. Um, and then, like, I still talk to my buddy Charlie, and in Star Wars fandom, you got your people that are like, I really like the legend stuff, and I like the stuff, you know, around the movies. And then you have your other half of the fandom that's like, I am only interested in the Old Republic stuff. Like, that is where my bread and butter is. That's the Star Wars that I like. And a lot of people are hopeful that new Ryan Johnson trilogy is going to be centered around the Old Republic. Like, And that all stemmed from this one game. And it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't just because it was fun to play. It was a cool RPG. It was because it was really well written. It was an actual story that you got to play. Yeah, and like I think that's where... I started taking a twist with video games too. Um, Cause like when, in my infancy of video gaming, it was just about, hey, what's fun? You know, what, what can I blow up? You know, how can I score touchdowns? How can I hit home runs? That sort of stuff. But then like, I started getting into RPGs um, early in high school. Um, so on the PlayStation 1, and I've told you this story before, so I won't bore everybody with it, but like Final Fantasy VII was like my first RPG that I ever played. And it was like a game changer for me because like I got like emotionally invested in the characters and like it, it was it was just it was incredible. And that was what prompted me to start playing other games like that. That's what made 
Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, something that I could really sink my teeth into. And yeah, like I, like it ended up becoming, I became more of a person who was more interested in the good story from the video game. It's why when I moved, when I moved from the Xbox to the Xbox 360, my favorite game on the 360 of all time is Bioshock. It's a good choice. Yeah. Like Bioshock. And then there's another one too, like Red Faction Guerrilla, which is really, it's, it's, they're, they're so polar opposite because Bioshock is all about this awesome story with these really cool, like concepts going on and like, um, really awesome powers that your characters get. And then, um, Red Faction Guerrilla is essentially Grand Theft Auto on Mars. And you can smash everything with a, with a sledgehammer if you want to. And like, it's, it's like mindless, but it's, it's so much fun. Like, Everybody's like, oh, well, why wouldn't you just play Grand Theft Auto? Well, because in Grand Theft Auto, um, you can't destroy an entire building with a sledgehammer going floor by floor if you wanted to. You can't place proximity mods on this building and then detonate it as you run away and then have the Martian police come running after you, kill one of the Martian police officers with a nano gun, which basically um, d- disassembles his molecular structure so he turns into dust. And then you could steal his police car and you can take it to fight the militia that's coming after you. And you could steal one of their weapons, which is a trash truck with a uh, cannon on top of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you can't do that in Grand Theft Auto. No, not without some serious modification to that game. There were exactly. a lot of good ones with um, with some deeper story. And, I mean, obviously, that's what, as games evolved, and there were more, basically, more memory, more they could do with it. Um, I really liked the, the Elder Scrolls games. Uh, yeah, like and, Oblivion and, I, and, and, and Skyrim, because like you said, open world, you can run around and do whatever whatever the crap you wanted to do. But yeah. at the same time, like there was all these little stories you could go play. Like, yeah. The hundreds of them. Yeah. And I think that that's what I really enjoyed about the newer systems. And it's what I miss about having a system now. Like, And it, I, was, I talked about this with Jess, and I'll, I'll bring it up with you so you kind of understand where I was coming from with this. But before I took that job that we that we met at what started this whole GGR thing. Um, I had a 360. I was working as a video game store manager. Um, and I had this, like, I basically had this choice in my life where it was like, you can keep your 360 and you can continue to not be productive because you keep telling everybody you want to be a writer, but you're not being a writer. Or you can get rid of the thing that is essentially taking the most of your free time away from you. So I ended up giving my uh, 360 to my cousin and uh, well, I sold it to her. Um, and gave her all my games, and I haven't bought a big system ever since then. And like, if I hadn't done that, I never we we never would have published Ethan Stone PI. We never would have created GGR. We wouldn't be having this podcast conversation with each other right now. Um, so it's like I, I still miss gaming. yeah, like it, I still miss gaming. But like, it, if if I had still been a video game junkie like I was, I don't think that we would be having this conversation right now. It's funny how that kind of stuff works out, though. You know what I mean? Like, you're so afraid to change and get away or or whatever, and then it ends up working out for the best. And then you get to actually have a talk about video games anyway. So it all comes full circle. (laughs) It really does, too. Because, like, as you were telling me about these games that you were playing, I started thinking of all these other games that I really enjoyed, like Red Red Dead Redemption. Um, That was a blast. Like, it's, again, that's... Again, to use the Grand Theft Auto, uh, that's Grand Theft Auto Old West. Um, what else did I play that I really enjoyed? Oh, the Batman Arkham Asylum games? Dude. Those games are phenomenal. I got to go back and play those ones. Yeah. It's been a long time. 
if you've never played those and you want to know what it really actually feels like to be Batman, that's the game you need to play because it's not just like, hey, let's go punch a bunch of bad guys. It's like, let's punch some bad guys, but then let's also sneak around like a ninja. Uh, let's also be a detective and, and solve some crimes and, and stuff with my awesome bat tech that I have. So it's, yeah, like it was, that, well, that's the, what... The voice acting in that one oh, is yeah. the the basically the entire crew from Batman the Animated Series from the 90s. So yep. it, it's Mark Hamill's Joker is the, the, you know, what more could you really want? Yeah, and like on top of that too... To, to have a game like that, that's what these systems, I feel, were meant for. Like, I, I feel like this is how they should be. Um, and this is why these, like, these advanced systems came out. Um, instead of what... I, I've never been a big online gamer. And I know a lot of people are, and a lot of people really, really enjoy it. But, like, for me, it's all about the story. It's all about, like, the escape from reality. Like, you know, being... You get to be Batman. You know, you get to be Darth Vader's secret apprentice that nobody ever knew about. Um, and you get to kill a bunch of Jedis and stuff. Um, like, I just, I got really turned off from online gaming because of the way the community acted, where it was more about like, oh, it's about stats and I don't care if I'm cheating because I just get the win. Like, Jess and I talked about the at length too. It was just like, it's just not my thing because of the way people act about online gaming. I would rather, I'd rather play somebody in person than to go online and have an eight-year-old scream obscenities at me it's just not fun i i agree like for me four people max you know playing those we were talking about like mario party and mario kart and stuff like that and just playing in the room and you get that healthy competitive spirit um and i get that i mean there's some people that you know play online and they do some things that i'm like i i could play this game for ten thousand hours and still never be as good as this person is at this game so I mean, more power to him. If that's kind of your sport, so to speak, you know, go for it. But I, that's never going to be my game. You know, yeah. that's never going to be my thing. I don't know. Um, so I mentioned, I mentioned my um, my go to um, desert island video game. Essentially, um, was was oh, Knights of the Old right. Republic. Yeah, that's what I wanted to mention. So my brother brought up something right before we were waiting for the Last Jedi to start. We we're sitting in the theater. And he goes, hey, I was thinking about this. And I want to run it by you. If you could have one franchise's entire media, but it's just one franchise on, yeah. as your Desert Island thing, like what would you do? So like if you pick Star Wars, you would get the movies, the books, the video games, the comic books, et cetera, et cetera. All of it, and yeah. He likes Final Fantasy so much. That was his choice. Like he, he – like because he's like there's those couple movies. Like there's Final Fantasy Advent Children all the Final Fantasy games, that kind of stuff. Like, that was his choice. He loves Final Fantasy that much. Um, yeah. And he's excited because there's, like, the high-def Final Fantasy VII remake coming out and stuff like that. Yeah, um, that almost but, got me back into gaming. <laughs> but then I was thinking about that. I was like, well, yeah, I'd still pick Star Wars because there's, like, 200 books. There's all the movies. There's the TV shows. There's the comic books. But there's a plethora of great Star Wars games. Yeah. Like, I, I love some of the Star Wars games, like the Force Awakened games. Um, yeah, the, say what you will about Battlefront, but it looks beautiful. You feel like you're in the Star Wars universe. But I, I don't know, know if there's... A, I didn't even know they made a Force Awakens game. Or not Force Awakens, I'm sorry. the Force Unleashed. That's oh, what I meant. Oh, oh, I'm oh, so okay. sorry. I'm so sorry. Those those two. Um, yeah. Um, but I don't know if any one Star Wars game would make my 
like desert island like go to yeah game i don't know it it might be the original legend of zelda that's that's such a hard one to narrow it down to just one game yeah i mean even if you said what's your mount rushmore like what are your top four games i don't even know if i could narrow it down to that i could probably do i could probably do my top four i mean because yeah kotor um kotor ninja gaiden um bioshock and then ooh, damn uh link to the past lego batman (laughs) <laughs> Lego Batman's fun, dude. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Like those Lego games, like that was yeah. that was a that was a that was you a. You're talking like me and Mag- me and Manny didn't play Lego yeah. Marvel superheroes this past weekend. Like, well, like I have like all of the Lego games. Don't even don't even joke. Like like Chelsea and I didn't play Lego Star Wars together when me and Sandy first got together. You know, like it's like little little eight year old Chelsea and me playing video games together. That was how we used to bond. So like it's nah, no, it's 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 cool. Like Lego those you know, Lego games are fun. You know what we didn't talk about that we probably we should. We have not talked about a single um, handheld console. Oh no, we have not talked like about Game a Gear, any of the Game Boys, DS, the Atari Lynx. I mean, any of them, Mike. You know what's crazy is I didn't have any. I, I never had a handheld system. Really? I never owned a handheld system. Yeah, like that I surprises me. The only handheld system that I have is the one that I'm holding in my hand right now, and that's my phone. And I have a Star Wars game on here called Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, and that's about as handheld system as I get. Like I just I never, I never got one. My little brother got a Game Boy, and that was cool. And I played Tetris and like Mario on it a couple times, but like so you've never pl- got into the whole Pokemon thing, then, huh? No, I've never been a Pokemon. I'm not a Pokemon fan at all. Like, at all. Like, for a while, we used to joke um, that, like, anytime we saw... Like, right after Pokemon Go came out, um, anytime we saw somebody just, like, walking around staring at their phone, like, we were, we would yell Pokemon at them because that's obviously what they were doing is they were looking for Pokemon. <laughs> like, it's... I, I just never... I never got into the Pokemon thing. Like, it just was never something that was... I, it was... A, I was a little too old for that. Um... But I, granted, though, I know people that are my age that are into it, but I also call them nerds, so. Yeah, yeah I mean, that was one of the things, because, like, God, I mean, I guess the original ones, like, Blue and Red, I mean, when did those come out? I mean, that would have been the late 90s, right? Like, mid to late 90s, so I, I probably was only, like, 10 or 11 when those came out. Um, So, uh, yeah, I mean. Red and Blue came out in February of 96. Okay, I wasn't too far off. I was 10 years old. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, I know I would have been nine. I would have turned 10 that November. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, like, I remember being real excited about them and playing those. And the next generation of them, was that one? Was that the one that was silver and gold, I think, for the Game Boy Advance? Because that was one thing. Like, yeah, we went right from NES to 64. But we yeah. had every handheld console. Like, Game Boy. We, we, like, we had the color advance and the nintendo i got the nintendo ds i mean like we went all the way up well did Um, you guys did you have to share with grant or did you guys both get your own individual ones we shared that was the other big thing yeah wow man that's hard too because like if one of you gets into it and then the other one gets mad because you're not sharing oh geez yeah well and especially too like whenever you're um like I, the Game Boy Color, there were the two Zelda games, the Oracle of Ages and the Oracle of Seasons. I know yeah. technically Link's Awakening DS was a Game Boy Color game, but that had come out for Game Boy. This is just an updated version. Um, but those ones were one of those games where like you could play them in either order. And then when you beat one of them, there was like a code 
and you put your code in and whatever one you didn't play became a sequel. And so you had all your stuff and you could get like more upgrades to your stuff in the next one. And so you're basically playing two games worth of content. And if you're trying to play those back to back while you're both like prepubescent boys in the summer with no school trying to fight over one Game Boy. Yeah. Sometimes it didn't always work out so great. That's not ending well. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to end up very upset and then mom's going to tell on you when you get home. So, <laughs> or you're going to tell on, you're going to tell mom all about it. And one of you is going to get grounded. So yeah, no, I've, yeah, I remember those days all too well. <laughs> but that's one thing, like if you're, if you're ever looking to go back to something like there's definitely some really good handheld games that you may have missed then if you didn't have the handhelds as a kid, like there's yeah. some real good Mario games. I mean, Legend of Zelda DX, like the, uh, the Link's Awakening one on the Game Boy Color and the Oracle Ages and Seasons. Like if you're a Zelda fan, go back and play those ones. They're a yeah. lot of fun. You can skip yeah. the Pokemon stuff like that was that was 70 those 70 percent fad and 30 percent like actual fun gameplay oh yeah (laughs) going like if you didn't if you don't have the nostalgia for it if you didn't get it at the time don't bother going back like don't don't worry about it yeah it's it's one of those things too where i've i've gotten to a point where i'm okay with not not being up on on gaming like i um for a while there i when i had a pc because now i have a mac um for all of our uh editing needs which hint hint nudge nudge um, if you're just tuning in and you're just listening, this is GGR Pirate Radio. Uh, my name is Mike Lunsford. I'm with uh, Steve Monick. We are talking about our favorite video games of all time, but we're also kind of talking about what is uh, going on with video games now, or at least like for us as we're like in our 30s and parents and stuff, how gaming has evolved for us. Um, but check out our website. We're right now we're sharing a space with uh, Rock Deep Rogue Radio, so you can check out our blog, which is um, www.rockdeeprogueradio.com. Just click on the little blog spot. Uh, you'll see the GGR Pop Culture blog. You can check out some of our articles right there. Um, I've gotten to a point, though, Steve, with with gaming, where I'll play a little bit of of stuff, but not much. Like, the last one I really got into, there was uh, an MMORPG for Star Trek uh, called Star Trek Online. And I played that a lot. Um, I, I mean, probably for a good solid, like, five or six months, I was playing it probably every night. Um, and that one was a lot of fun, but at the same time, too, I also realized that like that was the first time Star Trek's ever really done a really good video game. Like they just don't do good Star Trek games at all. Um, not yeah. compared to like Star Wars, who's got like a, a massive library of video games. I had one. I think it was for the Xbox 360. I think it was called like Star Trek Legends or Star Trek Legacy or something like that. Oh, that one was pretty fun. I remember that one. Okay. It was, be, yeah. Well, it's just like basically like. Uh, like a military strategic kind of thing with the ships. Yeah. Like you didn't really, like you didn't go to planets. You didn't interact with other people. Like, and it was kind of like, it was, I think it was called like legacy or something like that. Cause there was like the enterprise from the show enterprise and the original one and the next generation. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, Star Trek's just not like, I don't think it lends itself well to a game because it's really more about exploration and like, philosophy and ethics and morality whereas star wars is i mean it's called wars there's there's lasers and explosions and and lightsabers and stuff like that so it lends itself to a game a little bit better yeah yeah i mean if you've never played it before though like if you play um star trek online it's a surprisingly good game it's a lot of fun because you do everything i mean you have the ships 
Um, and like as you r rise the ranks, you can get bigger, better ships with more stuff. And you get to go to different planets, and you get to go on away missions, and you get to solve mysteries, and you get to fight with phasers, and like it's it's overall it's it's a lot of fun. And um, I would recommend it uh, if you're looking for an MMORPG. But if you don't have a lot of free time, I don't recommend doing it because it will <laughs> just devour your life. You're gone. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Um, that's why issue three for Ethan Stone is still on hold. Um, <laughs> no, not really. Uh, that's other reasons. So really, with with video gaming, Steve, like, it's one of those things where I really miss it. And like, I talk about it a lot. But at the same time, too, I, I kind of like the freedom that I have without it. Um, but to kind of tie our, our video game portion up, our video game section of this, because we're going to do two episodes here, guys. The first episode uh, is going to be all about video games. Second one, we're going to talk about technology and kind of how it's changing our lives and uh, for both the better and for the worse. Um, but like ending with, with what we have for video games, Steve, do you, do you miss that old school, like secret network of spies mentality of video games where like, because I know you and I know that you were very similar in the aspect that we grew up very active kids. Like we did a lot of stuff outside. And video game was like a like a secondary thing. Nobody was really like a gamer. People, everybody was a gamer, but everybody also was like doing a million other things too. I don't feel like that we're seeing that as much as we used to. Like, do you do you miss that, or do you like what we're getting now with 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 society now, where um, there's everything so integrated and everything so connected? So I feel like what's happening with the advent of the internet, because you and I kind of came up with the internet like it was growing as we were and when we were kids everyone kind of ran around and did everything and some people were better at things you know everyone tried to play sports everyone tried to play video games everyone you know tried to play an instrument everyone tried to be in the boy scouts or whatever um, and you just tried a bunch of stuff and see what stuck uh, until you were in like later middle school, high school, and then you just kind of focused on something. Now I feel like with the advent of the internet, there's so many hyper-specific, minute communities that yeah. people just kind of instantly pick and focus on that one thing. So like there's people who are gamers and they get like so enraptured in the gamer culture and that's what they focus on. And that's even since they're little kids all the way up, that's what they, that's what they do. And they don't even attempt to play sports or do anything else because that's not the culture and the society they're in. And, you know, when we were growing up, there were just kids in your school and you just kind of hung out with kids at your school. Now you can kind of find community anywhere. And yeah. I think that if you want to be interested in like, I'm really only interested in like Scandinavian metal bands. I promise you there's like 50 different websites you can go to right now with a forum of people who are just like minded with you and can talk about that and that can be your life yeah that was not the case for us coming up so yeah we ran around outside more because i think everyone just did everything um yep. now i feel like you can kind of decide ahead of time what you want to be a part of and go find that and i don't yeah. like again i don't know if that's better or worse i i, I have no idea but I think that's where you're seeing the difference because there are people who go outside. You know, there are still yeah. people who run around and there's people who run around really well. I mean, there's like freaking hyper marathoners and stuff like that. I mean, there's people who don't just go outside. They tackle the outside. I mean, they go yeah. in through these sports and do things that have never been done before. And there's people yeah. who don't have to see the light of day if they don't want to. Yeah. There's like the connect or, you know, the, the smartphone and stuff. And they can just literally scream out into the middle of their living room, make pizza happen. 
and it can happen and they don't yeah. have to get up or do anything. So at this point, it's up to you as a person to choose. And I don't, I don't like, I don't think there's more or less people. I think the people are just choosing differently than they used to choose. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, we've, we now have more options, you know, um, and like this will this will dovetail great into our next episode here. But what we'll do is we're gonna go ahead and wrap up our video game segments uh, here um, for Jess, um, for Steve, for myself, for Mike Lunsford, for Andy Barsh, for Ben Zombie Bedgood, for all of our contributors who are so happy that GGR is back. Thank you guys for listening, but also thank you for checking out the website. Stay tuned because GGR is coming back to its own web space um, probably in February or March. But just keep your eyes open for that. Uh, but again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, and stay tuned because we got so much more coming up. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs>